Yeah, I mean, real quick, Super Frosty Snowman on all streaming platforms, Super Frosty J on Instagram and Twitter, and Super Frosty Snowman on TikTok. What's the mission? What's the move? Sliding down mission while smoking on two. What's the mission? What's the Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Escape from San Francisco podcast right here in the Richmond District. In my living room, I want to thank Jared, our camera guy, today helping us out. I have a really great guest today. Adam and Frosty, uh, Rebel Status. Um, I'm excited that you're on the the platform today, sharing what you what you're all about. Uh, going through your Instagram, you know, I found you on there, and just seeing you highlight the local artists and your brand and your clothing brand. So it's really excited to have you come on today and share what it's all about. So hey, how are you doing? Good, man. Good. How about you? It's definitely uh, good to be here. So. Thank you. I mean, I promise it's not our second time. I did this <laughs> intro, but um, yeah, I'm doing good. I appreciate uh, you coming on today. And from what you're telling me is that you're pretty much a designer. You create your own your own brand, your own wear, and you're able to market it in a way that you're doing it through Instagram. And you're also doing it with a lot of lo- local artists, and you have a story behind it, which is fucking interesting to me. Um, oh, how yeah. did that start? Thank you, man. Um, I mean, yeah, like I said, like when I started, um. I was, like, kind of trying to be, like, a hypebeast seller, I guess you would say. Like, before Depop was a thing, I would, you know, just steal. Not steal. Not a stealer. Uh, I would take I would take stuff from, like, uh, you know, like, uh, Goodwill or something. Or I worked at Thrift Town, if you know what Thrift Town is. Um, I don't know what Thrift Town is. No? Thrift okay. Town. Well, yeah, rip to Thrift Town. Uh, it was, like, this really dank store on 17th and Mission. And I was the assistant manager. So I used to get hella discounts and so you know, you know. Uh, but yeah, I'd get like Hilfiger, Polo, uh, Guess, Versace jeans, stuff like that, and like try and like sell them. And then one of my homegirls was just like, yeah, you should just make clothes. And then basically I just did that afterwards. But I started real small, you know, like I didn't know what I was doing. I never made clothes before. I just like embroider like t-shirts and like ask someone to like help me make some socks like and stuff like that. So it's a lot different now, but. <laughs> did you did you start with like patches? You know how like people usually get like the rose patch from like Joanne's or no? Or, I didn't even start with one of those. It was, I was super dumb. Uh, what I because I again like I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of like I just rode into some mistakes, but like it was like good mistakes, you know, because I lived and learned. Um, I met this dude who is an embroiderer in Dog Patch. His name's Kiet. Shout out to Kiet. Um, and he used to let me go into his like big studio warehouse and. Just, just to, like, embroider clothes. Like, so I would, like, buy a bunch of, like, Hanes t-shirts and, like, cut off the the size and, like, write it on and then, like, embroider, like, a little shield on it. And then once COVID hit, though, like, he was like, yeah, you can't come over here anymore because he, like, lives with his mom and shit. So uh, I, like, go over there every once in a while still and I'll ask him to make stuff for me because he's really good at it. But I have to, like, pay, like, a little fee for him now. So... I, I really do like the embroidering over the screen printing. Screen printing is cool as fuck, too. Not but yet, the embroidering yeah. just gives it a different element, especially the clothing. Yeah. And to any, um, like, beanies and outerwear, like, like the way you put it on. It definitely changes the game. It's funny because I think that's actually low-key how you start, like, Jay uh, started yeah. liking me more. Because uh, <laughs> we, uh, I met him randomly off Instagram, too. Um, I was looking for models, like, for clothes. And I had these old, uh, like, tag hoodies. They were super fire. And I asked him and another person to come model for me one day. And he just really liked my clothes. So he, like, kept talking to me all the time. And I was like, oh, like, we're, like, actually friends. And then, like, I actually really wanted to quit at one point. Like, a bunch of fucked up stuff happened to me. And I was like, I'm super done with, like, clothes. Like, I'm done. I'm going to be, like, a normal person and live a normal life. Like, 
you know, like, I don't know, be boring. And then so, like, Jay was like, you should probably keep doing it because you're a lot better than, like, a lot of these other people were. And then, like, that's really all I needed. And I was like, oh, like, I can totally still do this. And now it's, like, a lot more fun than it was when I first started, you know. Brought a lot of invigoration back into the, into the you know, the fun of it. I feel like the main thing that I fell in love with with Joe Clothes was that it was the embroidery and the quality. Like, that was one of those things. Well, remember when Mahadre came out and he was like, wow, this is quality. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He was like, no, this is like, something guests make. Nah, yeah, this yeah, is not real nice. I mean, the fact oh. that, you know, you kept with the embroidery for real, for real. Because screen printing is cool, but, like, you know, you, you can really so keep some clothes for a minute if you got that yeah, shit yeah. really, like, stitched in. Yeah, the only thing with, with the screen printing is that if you do it on that, you know, on cheap material, it only lasts a couple wash cycles, off, and then yeah, it just yeah. it just go, wears away, and it's not sustainable, especially if you're trying to be a little bit more environmental friendly, but also cost effective too. If yeah. you're paying high for screen printing and it doesn't last, you're more less likely to get someone to come back and buy something exactly. again. Yeah. Whereas you make quality and it lasts longer, they might not buy. All the time from you, but you're gonna have someone that's gonna least, yeah they have yeah, something in their build mind. a customer base and they're yeah. gonna tell someone like hey this is I got this this is good material this is where I got it from um, I put sand in in the hoodie or yeah, you know like yeah. something different I know people be doing that. you know like yeah. stuff like that where it just it's a little bit different from the from the norm yeah. and it makes your product stand out in a way where people could um, identify it with you and that's yeah. how you build a brand right you know it's actually really funny that you say that is. Uh, it was on Saturday when we, it was uh, at Hate at the Milk Bar. Um, we were, like, just out at, like, this, like, event that uh, Family Art yeah, was having. Yeah, Sauce Fam? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sauce Fam. Yeah, yeah. Sauce yeah. My fam bad, collected. my bad. I got confused. Yeah, it was Sauce Fam. Um, but they had, like, a really dope-ass lineup. And one of my friends, Nico, who I did, like, a collab with, we made, like, these really cool hoodies. And we made these T-shirts, too, but I had never done screen printing before. So I went to, like, a person I didn't really know that well. We got them screen printed and they were garbage. They were like horrible. But like he had already been like, yo, I'm selling these shirts. So I was like, and I sold them to, you know, some people. And a dude that bought one, he uh, like came up to me and he's like, yo, you run Rebel Status? I bought that shirt. It was a piece of shit. It like went up. And I was like, oh no. Like, and I was like, the first time that's ever happened to me. And I was like, I swear I don't make t shirts like that anymore. Like when I make prints, like, you know, I make sure you can like rub it. Like you can wash it like a hundred times and it'll be okay. But like, yeah, or the rhinestones. Yeah, no, I just got rhinestones that last forever. Oh, but, shit. You know, yeah, we're trying to change it. Um, But, yeah, like, screen printing, yeah, you can only do so much with it, especially when you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, when you make those, like, peel-off ones that come on after two, three washes, like, I don't know. I did that to that motherfucker, and I feel disrespectful. <laughs> as far as um, you getting into designing and getting into the clothing um, industry, do you have any type of, like, formal training or education behind it? What was the start for you to push you that way? Not really. Um, I know how to, like, do a little bit of sewing, but I was never, like, too crazy at it. Like, my mom had showed me a couple things when I was, like, a little kid. And so I was, like, interested. Like, I could do, like, little things. Like, I used to, like, cut pants down the middle type shit and then, like, you know, like, put them together. But it was never, like, anything crazy. Um, So, like, really everything I did was a mistake, like, (laughs) from the start. But either some of them were really, really good mistakes that, like, just helped me, like, level up, or they were bad mistakes, and I was like, oh, like, you live and you learn, you know, but I, I have no, like, sort of training. If you asked me to, like, make something for you, I probably could not make it on the spot, you know. And, well, that's what sets people apart, is that you, we all find our own path on how we get there. Yeah, um, yeah. My girlfriend is the fashion one. I'm not, 
she's the one that teaches me like you know certain things or she buys me things to wear and whatnot mm. um she's really good at thrifting um she's been she went to school for it and everything she's worked at wasteland she's worked for other companies she's currently a buyer for a company and so i didn't realize how much goes into an actual brand as far as product development making sure that you're working with the manufacturers and a lot of times you're working with manufacturers in china and having that dialogue and making sure that they're they have enough product or in stock for you um trial and error because a lot of stuff you're going to get is not always going to be success as far as you put out something and then they'll send you back and you're like what the fuck i remember you were telling me earlier yeah. it was like you made a sweater and the like uh, a part of it came out too large like one of the um yeah logos. it was funny though because that actually kind of came out well um i'm kind of lucky too because like the dude i don't really work with chinese like cons- or like manufacturers which is you know shout out to china but like i'm not really fucking with that i feel like that'd be too fast fashion um, so I work with this dude who's in California, but, uh, when we messed up on that, that was also like a huge mistake. Like I remember being really mad. I know you were really mad and we were both really like disappointed for a second at this like purple sleeve. But then like everybody loved it. Yeah, like everyone's like, yo, it's way cooler now. And we're like, oh, okay. Like this is awesome. Now. Never mind. Never yeah. mind. So like, yeah. So some, again, like, uh, I don't know. Sometimes mistakes are really awesome, <laughs> you know? you have happy mistakes sometimes i mean it happens those are some things that um you get blessed with sometimes they're good sometimes they're bad but you live with them and you learn either you learn from it or you keep making that mistake until you actually figure something out yeah most definitely as far as both of you what is it about fashion that you love i go with you first and then um i mean like for me like i feel like the reason i like make fashion like in the first place is kind of like um, I don't know if you've ever felt like this. I feel like all of us have though, but like your parents will have something that's like super cool in their closet. Like that, you know, maybe it was made in like 78 or something, but it still holds up really well because like it was like embroidered or, you know, like it was just made really well. Like it's cool to like give that to your like offspring or whatever, like someone that you care about and be like, yo, this is something that's like 30, 40 years old. Um, so that's like what I want to do with fashion, you know, like I'd want you to give this like to your fucking kid and think it's the coolest thing ever so it's like i don't know like uh i just kind of want to like make something that like is going to be here for a long time like it's not really like a fast fashion kind of thing um i don't know yeah i just feel like pieces or pieces i feel like so annoying saying that but uh like making clothes is like very like a personal thing you know what i mean like i have like some clothes that like i've had like since i was like 12 you know, and it's just because it was made well and it was really nice and I bought it like three sizes too big, you know. So, I don't know. Fashion is important. I think so. one thing that you said is that we're all wearing clothes. We're all wearing clothes. <laughs> so no like, one here is naked. That part. And so, it's like, you know, we all need clothes. But I think for me, the first thing that popped out of my head was character design. And it's one of those things where it's just like when I was younger, I used to want to make. It's funny because like he wanted to make music. I wanted to make clothes type of thing. But it's one of those things where I'm not that good at drawing. And so I never really pursued that. It was always easier for me to just write. And so I would just run with that. But I always thought about like, oh, so being super intentional with the colors that I'm wearing, with the way in which I look with the clothes on me. And I'm not even the type to really like be down for designer or really be watching like runways all the time. But I have been in a few shows and I now know somebody that really knows what they're doing with the clothes. And so it's cool to really see that process behind it and like really 
you know, get my little foot in. Because, you know, because I, I like a lot of colors. I got a purple sleeve right here. You know what I'm saying? I like things that, you know, catch the eye. I like things that are special. Like, I re like things that really, like, you know, maybe you've seen it before, but you haven't seen it on somebody in a minute. Or maybe you just have never seen that before, and you're like, whoa, what's that? And sometimes it could be a lot, but sometimes it doesn't even need to be a lot. Like, simple is really cool sometimes. And so, you know. True. But yeah, that's what, that's what yeah. I'm about. I, I'm I like to keep things simple as as much as I can. Not really flashy on 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 what I wear. I don't wear any jewelry, anything like that. I never like necklaces or rings or anything like that. So, what I try to do is wear something simple. But I also love wearing supporting people locally. So yeah, I've always yeah. try to buy local from local brands, local community members. You know what they're selling, mm -hmm. and you know I'll, I'll wear it and I'll go out there and show what what it's about. Um, I've never been one as far as wearing designer either, anything like that, because I don't know about it either. Mm -hmm. I used to be a huge, you know, believer in thinking like, you know, fashion was dumb or whatever it might be. But then you realize everything is dedicated is, is like come from the top down. Yeah. So if you're buying fast fashion, it has to get its place from somewhere. They're all copying the top sellers. Exactly. And so yeah. you think you might be not following trends or not, you know, thinking you're, not doing something, but you actually are. You're following whatever is picked out. So there's a fall, spring, summer wear, winter wear, and it's all picked out beforehand. And um, one of the things that I'm trying to get away with is stop buying fast fashion, is stop going to H&M, is trying to get stuff thrifted, locally sourced. Um, I do go to Ross still. I still go to a place like that. Um, it is we cheaper. Some, yeah, still got some good clothes it's, at Ross. It, it's still some real. good stuff. You yeah. can find some good, really good finds there. Um, but it's my girlfriend's the one that put me on that because she just made it known like the impact it's having yeah. and how much waste there is from just fast fashion. Most definitely. And yeah. like how much landfills are just filled up with clothing just, uh, yeah, and no, people yeah. don't realize that. And there's so many other people, uh, different populations in this, in this world that don't have, you know, clothing that we have here. And so it's, it's yeah, like yeah. you try to be a little bit more intentional with it, but it also shows who you are and your identity on what you're trying to express um, as far as like what you're bringing to the group or to the table. So to say, like you say, colors, um, like you say, like design, like far as like the, the rhinestones or whatnot. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's like, what message are you trying to display outward? And it might not always be like that. It might just be for yourself. And that's one thing I learned is that you're not wearing it for others. You might just wear it because it makes you feel good. You know, yeah, yeah. like who gives a fuck what people think or say or, yeah. A lot, as long as I feel good in this, I look good in this. What does it matter? What yeah, yeah, other no. people's opinion of it That's, might be, right? I mean, he's heard me say it, but like for the first like four years or something of me making clothes, I was like, I really don't care if anyone likes it. Like if I like it, I don't really care because I'll wear it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So for like a long time, I'm not saying that I don't do that now because I do make stuff that I like, but like I'll like you know. <laughs> I make like the clothes like that I think I'd like to wear like on like a sunny beachy day or like a really cold night or you know what I mean like and yeah you do want it to stick around like uh just recently I was telling uh Noel over here uh it was like maybe a week ago I was walking home from my job in Berkeley and this homeless dude was wearing a really old sweatshirt I made like I could tell it was mine because it had the, the shield on it and I was like I thought it was really cool because I'm like this dude is still warm enough in this sweatshirt to like chill out for tonight and be like comfortable and still look really cool to be honest. So it's like, 
I, I don't really care who gets it at the end of the day, but I do want it to be worn, like, for as long as it can be worn. Like, it wasn't, like, tattered or anything, you know? It was, like, still really looking nice quality, and I was like, dang, you know? Yeah, I mean, when I come to these podcasts, I learned a lot about the guests, and I didn't realize that, I didn't know that about you, because, you know, I never met you prior, so, like, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that you you cared about the sustainable factor of the of the clothing that you're making, which is rare to hear in, in people that are actually making this stuff. They're basically pushing brands out there. Nothing wrong with that. You know, you push your brand, make yeah, your yeah, image of what you want to be. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, once you post something, it's gone. Like, that's, I feel like how a lot of people think, like, you know, same with, like, artists, like, musicians. Like, once you post, like, a shirt or a jacket or a new song, like, you post it once and it's like you assume everyone's going to know about it. But it's like, I don't. You know, that's not what I want. Like, I'd rather, like, post about it, like, hella times and get in your face about it kind of be annoying. And then, like, you know, like, somebody's going to wear it, and that's cool to me. Like, it doesn't matter if it's your grandma, like, your auntie, like, an old person in bed who, like, just wants to be really comfortable and can't move all day. Like, if that's, like, what you want to wear my clothes for, that's cool, you know? Like, I definitely don't want to see in a landfill. Like, that would be, make me feel horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So... What is the next step in the process for you? What are you looking to do with um, your brand as far as the Rebel status and as far as your designing? Uh, I'm kind of in like a really weird area right now because of the whole uh, uh, Rebel U. We didn't really talk about it, but like I made like these crewnecks uh, and I'm featuring like an artist every day uh, for new music kind of thing. Like to because I love music and fashion. So I'm doing that for the next, what, like 70, 80 days or something like that. So I'm focusing on that, and I'm trying to see what comes of that. There's, like, a lot of things in the works right now with stuff like that, but I don't know where that's going to go still. So I'm kind of, like, keeping it pushing. But now, like, a lot more people are looking at me. So last year I was making, like, uh, a new uh, clothing item every month. This year I want to do, like, uh, like, collections yeah so like a spring collection a fall collection a winter collection a summer collection that kind of thing so i'm gonna do that i'm still gonna focus on that but i'm also gonna see like what rebel U kind of brings because there's a lot of cool stuff on the table but like i don't know i've never really gotten attention like in that kind of way so it's like what is really gonna come of it and what's just like hype you know what i mean like this weird juggling game going on right now yeah that, i mean how do you predict coming out of that, right? It's like, it's a lot of, it's a lot, lot of variables. A lot of cool stuff has, I mean, like, I'm very, uh, what's the word, like, introverted. I don't really like talking to people, like, that much, you know? Like, I, like, can be social. I can, like, go out and have fun and talk to people. But, like, my preferred night would be, like, to stay in and chill. But, like, I had to meet, like, 100-plus people to do this. So, like, I met, like really really amazing people that I like look up to and uh, I was like yo like you inspire me and then they were like this is amazing like you made something creative and I was like what and then there were people who like you know I, I never knew at all never had heard of and they ended up being like the coolest people and they're like some of my good friends now because of it so it's like I don't know you know what I mean like it's weird to see people from like both sides of the spectrum where it's like I'm not like one to care about followers but it's weird to like see like someone with like 20 followers and fuck with you and someone with 50,000 followers and fuck with you and you're like what like I'm aware like in between either one of you you know what I mean like how do you how do either one of you guys like want to fuck with me I don't know I mean I couldn't tell you're introverted I thought you <laughs> 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 he's, he's, he's real yet. humble about I'm, it I'm real good at like talking to people 
but I just don't like doing it that often. No, I mean, that's why I started the podcast because I'm very extroverted. I love talking to people. Um, I used to be a counselor before, so it's like something oh, that I real. like to do. But I am around a lot of introverted people, mm. and so I understand that that a part of it is really hard, especially when you got business to do, you know. Yeah, yeah. When you got certain things you, you got to push out there, it's not always easy to put yourself out there and and um feel vulnerable no one wants to feel like that yeah yeah definitely a little embarrassing trying to talk to people that you don't know and be like uh could you could you like check out my my clothing brand you know like it's kind of tough to like you know think of like the right way to like talk to people i've definitely been like hella awkward with people and they're like Die, let me leave him alone and then there's other people who are like oh i know you and then it gets like really like cool and homie-ish and I don't know, but you know, I can predict those things. Have you um, done pop-ups yet? Have you been around the city doing pop-ups? Uh, I've never done a pop-up. I'd like to. It'd be really fun. Um, but I'm not really the biggest fan of vending, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, public vending is, like, it's just kind of annoying because you have to be in one spot the whole time and, like, wait for people to come to you and then be like, hey, do you, you like it? You know? So uh, I've only done vending twice before for Aaliyah. Shout out to Aaliyah. Um yeah, for oh, she yeah, does yeah. this show once a year called A Haunting on Third. It's like a Halloween event. And she's asked me, like, since she started, like, hey, like, can you be like a vendor? Because I don't know that many vendors. And I was like, okay, like, I'll do it for your ass, you know? Um, but yeah, I'd love to do like a pop up, but it's just like one of those things where it's got to be like right time, right place, right venue, see what's going on. I'd want to do like, we're talking about doing like Rebel events, like, you know, like Rebel U events where we get like, the students who are, like, involved in on the project who would, like, open up or do performances, and then I'd just be on the side, like, selling crew necks kind of thing. Yeah, if you ever, um, side side topic, uh, if you guys ever want to do that, I work at Speakeasy sometimes, and they do events every Saturdays there, and um, tap room manager, yeah, you're always yeah. looking for vendors to set up events and get tapped in with him and um, do a Rebel U event. Down. Daily City did an event there, uh, he does them, like, quite often, doesn't he? Yeah, he, d- he did a, um, every once in a while he does them. He did a big one uh, last summer, I think, in August or September. Summer Fest. Yeah, that I one. Was there, yeah. You were there that day. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you could do something like that there. I mean, you could always, if you know the artist, you could bring them in. They had a the little stage, and you get set up the, yeah. you get set up the That's booth. That's the easy part now. The hard yeah. part is the vending part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't even have to vent, but just have it at a vent. You know, just nah, have yeah, an event, yeah, a yeah. place. Show out. Or you. That'd be, yeah, that'd that's, be I mean, it'd be a lot easier to get people to, like, come to one of those. Like, yeah, that'd be really sick. Speakeasy. I would love to see something yeah, like that. Yeah, speaking's cool. That's cool to know that you work there or, like, do stuff there. You know? Yeah, once in a while. I, I just, I was a customer first, and then I got really inspired by their events that they have every Saturday. So, like, really? just seeing the, comp- uh, the community coming together. And that's basically why I started this podcast, because I had lost a sense of community moving here. Um, out okay. here in the city, there's, I don't, I didn't know that many people mm. you know, moving out here. Except for, you know, people that I, you know, relatively that knew it was small and then a couple of people from college. But coming from a small town, um, you know, f- out in the country near Fresno, I know, you know, everyone. Every time I go back, you know, I always see someone that yeah, I know yeah. or, you know, I have a lot of friends that I'm so good friends with that I grew up with that I knew since I was like 10, 12 years old. Um, coming out here, you don't know anyone. And the podcast gave a opportunity for me to build, you know, a community. And yeah, yeah. when I go out and I see people now that, you know, we know each other and say what's up or I um, always go to events and you just, you know, have a beer with someone, have some food with someone, you know, yeah, just yeah, chill out. that's just something 
that's make that made me you know love the city again and and not feel like fuck it's just going so fast no no i definitely feel you that's i mean that's how i feel too like uh i mean i knew like a couple people but like i knew like jay (laughs) i knew like maybe like three other people other than jay that like lived in the city and like when i did this like now it's like i know like hello people now it's kind of weird because you go outside and like you'll be somewhere doing groceries and someone will be like adam what's up and you're like what the fuck like so <laughs> you know yeah that's yeah, probably cool. hella weird you know just like being it's, outside and yeah, being a little yeah, bit different it's a little more fun i feel like that way like it makes it more like i don't know like as much as i say i'm introverted still like it's still nice to run into someone that you know and just be like oh what's up you know yeah, it's good to always have a friendly face. Yeah. So we're coming up towards the 30-minute mark, and usually around this time I take a break, and okay. uh, a small break, and then we'll get it back started again. That's okay. totally cool. I have to All, right. Bathroom. All right. Break time. And I went to City, and then I went to – and now I'm at State. Um, I went to school out in Maryland when I first graduated high school for a couple of years. And it's cool because one thing that you said that I really fucked with about fashion is that you like to rep local brands. I was doing that the whole time I was out there. Like, of course I have my Niners shit, my Giants shit, my Warriors shit, because we was winning chips then, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you know, that was one thing where people was like, what is that brand? Like, I've never seen that. You're not wearing designer. You're not wearing streetwear. I was like, nah, bro, we just wear, you know, we put on for the local brands that we mess with, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's like, a neighborhood thing or it's like you have a homie who makes clothes and it's just dope or it's like other artists merch you know what i'm saying we always rocking each other's stuff and so you know i you know yeah born and raised in the city no that's a uh, that's dope shit when you, i don't go you start oh okay. it's uh, good i'm just talking. no no it's yeah. good i just have a recording so when you get it started we get going oh that's good yeah, I have it. I'm gonna put it in. Hey, you right there with it. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Yeah, shouts out to the E. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. I, when I was younger, I used to wear a lot of band tees. I was really into. Oh, yeah. uh So like, I've always wore like some type of like, you know, you always stuff like on. that. Yeah, yeah representing yeah. and shit. No, I definitely yeah, those I was uh, one of those emo kids. I was too too into band tees that. Oh yeah. The um, held on to it way too long. Should have yeah. let that go. Hey, I held on a year, uh, probably like a two years too too long. <laughs> But, uh, hey, sometimes it goes. Like that. you can't let go of some of the things you love the most. For you real. Know? I yeah, remember true. I had like a I had a Green Day shirt that was maybe like a small, and I like turned into a large, and I was still wearing it because I was like <laughs> Green Day, like you know, <laughs> you know Green Day. Shouts yeah, out to the Bay Area. Shouts out to yeah. Berkeley. Berkeley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shouts out Berkeley. <laughs> Are they from Berkeley? Yeah. 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 Oh shit! I thought they're from England. No, they're Bay no, Area. No, they're from here, yeah. Oh shit! Which is hella crazy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like that's that's the thing. There's a lot of real cutty, like famous Bay, that, yeah, you especially know. in like music. Papa Roach, out of all things, they're from Vallejo. Wait, I didn't know that. Wait, Wait yeah. really? I was I was I was watching. I went to a show at the Armory, and fucking yeah. Papa Roach is there, and we're like, fucking, we're from Vallejo, California. Benicio, I, I was like, what the fuck? What? Yeah, I would not think that. That's <laughs> that crazy. They're dope. Yeah, they're yeah, actually really cool. I've never listened to them, but they're cool. I like. Oh my god, that's amazing! I see that they have the fucking best. Like, I love paparazzi. <laughs> they're, they're really they're good. Bad. They were part of my childhood. I was like fourth grade, <laughs> got my life in pieces. Yeah, What's I was super into that shit. I think that's, me. I that's what it's called, right? I don't know. Remember, I don't know anything. Last resort. That's last, the name. Of the oh, last, last resort. resort. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, we're back from the break. Um, now we're transitioning more into Frosty, as far as like your music and your your inspiration behind that and also the designing that that you're a part of as well i've been making music since i was a kid but i really only started writing and recording my own songs 
2016 low key is kind of when I started really putting my voice, you know, on a track. And I feel like it was a lot of things that culminated to it. It was like learning to play drums, learning to beatbox, um, learning how to like, I was never really that good at scratching, but learning how to scratch and stuff. Um, and then just kind of like continuing to be writing in my notebooks and stuff when I was a kid. But it was like, what I met Troy IV out in Maryland, shouts out Troy and um, at UMD. And he, he really like put me on on how to like record and stuff. So then I came back home and I linked up with my homie Cole. Shouts out Kamikaze Palm Tree and bro. Really, um, we started making you know some songs together. And I went back to Maryland, made some more songs with Troy. Whole time making music with like one of my homies from high school. Um, and now you know one thing led to another, and I'm still doing it on my own. I really like you know went and got well. Troy gave me Logic first, and I started making beats like that, and then that computer got mango juice and tequila spilled on it. And so then I had to go and find a cracked version myself. And so, you know, I've been doing that ever since. And now I'm making music with um, with a lot of cool artists from around the area and, you know, really getting to, really, really getting into like, you know, the things I always wanted to do. Shouts out to Colo. Shouts out Colo. Shouts out Persia Brandy. Shouts out Afterthought. Uh, yeah, I heard Afterthought is like a really great artist. Oh, Braze. Oh, shouts out Aside. I've never seen him like never seen live. You never seen him live. You have to see Bro, him live. Chapel tonight. Yeah, for real. Chapel okay. tonight. <laughs> He's a uh, honestly like if I had to give anyone like real props for performance, fucking afterthought. Jake is so good. Like, cause he brings yeah. a whole band out too. So He's that's always what I was told. Yeah. He's yeah. always bullying me to drop music, and I think like that. Yeah, which you need to be bullied for dropping. I, I do, music. I do, I do. But and it's one of those things where Jake, Jake was really the first person to really be like, "Bread, when you dropping that song, cause I need that song." Like you know, cause I would just be like. In this, I've always been kind of shy about it, so it's one of those things where it's like it's not until recently that I've really gotten super comfortable sharing the music I make, which is cool because like now I'm like really rocking with it. Like before, I was like, this is cool and I, I like where this is going, but I always knew that it's like I could make better songs if I just kept doing it. And now I'm, I, well, I mean, hey, me and Jay Will, we got a song, Sign Now Mission, dropping on March 14th, next Monday. And it's cool because I never met, bro. I, I know I met, I met him at one of, Afterthoughts music video shoots and like we only met one time and then like well, it wasn't a, it was like a couple months later and he sent me a beat and it took me like a couple months to really like figure out what I was doing to it but like now it's dope and now it's like really dope so you know and now we better drop it you also have an unreleased song coming with Afterthought too so that's facts super frosty anthem couple. shout out to Colo and Coley and um Afterthought and you know it's really just like it's taken me a minute to really get my feet under me, but I have a really strong foundation and I've been making music with a lot of solid artists, people who I really get along with as people. And it's like, you know, I was able to shed a lot of ego or like be around people that would do it for themselves, you know what I'm saying? Put their pride aside and just make good songs, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's really cool that, you know, I came home and I was able to do that. It took a minute. It took a minute to find those people and to figure out what I was doing myself and finding intention with what I was doing. But now that I have a lot of that, you know, Finding your voice. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Finding my voice, finding my sound, figuring it out. Um, I mean, T said it like, you know, I'll be sounding like Keek on that one song. But it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like, you know, some of my inspirations in music. It's like Jimi Hendrix, Kid Cudi, Nate Dogg. Those are three Those are three artists who it's like, for some reason, that sound was always in my head. And so a lot of the times when I go to attack a track, I'll do it like one of them. Is it Kid Cudi new Kid Cudi or old Kid Cudi? Oh, for surely, like, man, the first man on the moon. <laughs> so, like, you know, I, um, first hip-hop album I bought, my parents not really into hip-hop, um, you know, they're not really into rap, 
uh, it's a little, it's a little, uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But, um, but I feel like, uh, Kid Cudi, Kid Cudi, Man on the Moon, the first one, that was the first album I ever bought that was like a rap album. And I remember I bought it clean. So I remember like years later, I listened to all the songs and I was like, oh, I've just been adding lyrics in the, in the spots where there's nothing. And so, but it's like, that's how I, but like, but like, you know, even saying that, I'm like, shit, I was always trying to like fill in the blanks, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, but no, that, that first album was like one of, that was like, really transformed it for me. And it was at a time when I didn't smoke weed. I didn't start smoking weed until five years after I started listening to the album. So it's like... Has the, that changed when that changed a lot when you listen to it from like not smoking weed to listening like the full version to it and then smoking like five years later? Is there like a That's big difference? That's crazy. I mean, I think that definitely there's something in my brain, but I feel like I'm at the end of the day, it's still the same music. And I think that because I just have long relationships with these songs and I've listen to them in so many different environments. I've never seen them live, but I've experienced the songs in so many different ways with different things going on around me that it's like, I bought the CD and like, I listen to it in the car now. And I think like, you know, what makes, what, what makes me feel something is like all those same things that I felt when I was like 12, 13 years old, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, the weed is kind of whatever at that point. Cause like I have my own associations with the song. Yeah. Uh, sometimes there's like certain music that just brings that out and, and, and you, um where you have that emotional attachment to it there's a lot of songs i listen to that i feel so strongly about when i listened to when i was like an emotional teenager at the time and i was i felt like i was going through so much on thinking back it wasn't really that you know it was just a different time in my life to where i was i'm an adult now and i listen to a song and i don't have that same emotional like uh, response to it as or i don't gravitate to certain type of music right Mm -hmm. There's only when I listen to certain type of songs or terp, certain type of like new genre of music, which I gravitate towards now. But that's just like I'm in a different space in my life. So for as you, what is the creative process behind finding your voice and like making a, a new sound for yourself? Being willing to laugh at yourself a lot, because even now, whether I'm in the studio by myself or with one other person or like three other people or five other people, it's like you have to be willing to just like hear some shit and be like, that's ass. Like, let's just cut that. Let's get on. The, like, cut that. Like, either do it differently or like or like run with it and try to tune it. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of it's a lot of trial and error, but it's also like a lot of getting back to what you really love. I feel like. I started playing Pokemon again and like I, I dove really deep into it and then I started making all these amazing songs and I think like something in my brain unlocked when I was getting back to the things that really brought me joy and the things that really made me happy because I've been in school for a minute you know I've worked a bunch of different jobs felt different types of ways about them you know worked no job I had no money type of thing so it's one of those things where it's like especially coming out of the pandemic is being like okay so I understand what it is like the type of people I want to have around me and the relationships I want to have figure out what really makes me happy and then just making sure to do it all in a way that, you know, is conducive to me feeling happy and not, you know, hurting myself or other people. So it's one of those things where it's like, I've been trying to, you know, just get back to that. Yeah. I mean, you said it perfectly. I feel like in myself included, I was going through that struggle, especially going through the pandemic and, and trying to come out of it is, finding my creative side and doing things like this, you know, uh, starting a podcast, getting into film photography, getting into fishing, you know, just, I was trying so many things just to make myself feel right. Like normal in a chaotic situation that we're in. And I feel like we're all 
feeling this, you know, as a world, like all together, feeling some traumatic, you know, chaotic mess that we're going through and top of the fucking war and, you know, in Europe and shit. It's like one after another, how do you stay okay and still push on doing your craft and still push on doing your art? Because for a while there was like a period past couple of weeks. It's like, I was, I didn't want to do anything. Like I didn't want to do any type of like art thing. I just wanted to work and that was it. I didn't want to do anything creative. I felt like it wasn't a time or place for it. Now that I'm coming out of that funk, you know, you have to, in order to be feel sane for myself, at least to have this, how I feel. I don't know if everyone feels the same way, but when I'm not doing something, I feel miserable. Yeah. Like if I'm not doing anything creative, I feel like, fuck, I, get, I feel like life just goes by and it's so mundane. Yeah. Like some real shark shit. Like if you're not always moving, you're really going to feel like you're dying or something yeah, like so. that. I feel like that's, that's definitely the mentality that I've had for a minute, especially with music. Cause it's like, even if I don't record that day, you know, I listen to music every day. I write something down every day, you know, whether it's like, no, it's usually about how I'm feeling or I just turn it into bars, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, I'm always like thinking about it constantly, whether I'm listening to it in the car, or listening to it in the shower, forcing other people to listen to it, whether it's something that I heard that somebody else did or it's my own stuff, you know? But it's one of those things where a lot of the conversations that I feel like I have around music with other people that I'm in the studio with specifically or just like other creatives, we all kind of have our brains tuned in the same way where it's like we're trying to express, we're just trying to express ourselves. You know, when we're trying to we're trying to express ourselves, and it's like therapy for us when we create, and so it's like that's the main thing that we're ultimately trying to achieve, and I think that that's the only way to it. it like des- it desensitizes you a little bit from everything else going on outside of yourself, but it's like to really kind of look inside yourself, and if you and you know if you create things, you can see what you created, you can hear what you've created, you can see what you've created on other people, and that's like a very confirming thing. I think a lot of it in order to push yourself forward is get away from that fear and overcoming that fear is, is not always easy. You can't just sell someone just to go do it. Just do it. If it was that easy, everyone would do it, yeah. but it's not being consistent, right? Making one video. Okay. You made one. Are you going to make five? Yeah. Are you going to be able to make 10? Right. It, those things, it becomes daunting after a while. And you know, quickly when you start doing stuff, like if you like it or not and how hard you really want to work to do it. Um, doing something that is that you're gonna, can you know, doing consistent over time. It, it's not always easy. Um, I might not always put a, stick to my schedule and put a podcast out every two weeks because life gets in the way. As far as like you know, doing your creative stuff, I don't know how your creative process is when you're designing and stuff like that too. I'm not very structured on on how I do live my life, but I know other people that are very structured and they have to be in order for them to be you know sane and normal. Yeah, yeah. Um as far as doing your thing. Um, but just being here and creating and doing your thing, you're doing a lot. And yeah, yeah. a lot of people don't realize that because they might be able to judge and say, oh, this, they don't like this or that. That's good, but go try. Try it. Like, like, do it. You know, oh, I want to yeah. see you try it too because it's, it's not yeah. easy trying to be creative. It's not easy trying to find your voice and doing that thing because we all hit burnout and yeah. – we have to rebrand again. We have to do things again because we get to that position where we feel like I'm not liking what I'm doing, but I'm doing it to appease other people. Yeah. You know, you, if you're not liking it, how are other people going to like it exactly. or respect what you do? And that's the hardest yeah. part to get to, especially as a, as a creative, as a designer or a musician. How do you deal with that? I feel like, well, I mean, this is kind of like going off what you were saying before, but it's like, you know, it is like a scary thing to like 
keep like creating and stuff. But like to me, like, and I feel like for like most people probably in this room at some point, like you kind of hit this point where it feels scared to not do anything than to do something. You know what I mean? Like I feel like a lot more fear, like not in like fear in like a bad way. Cause like with them, like now it's like, we kind of have like a little team of people together. You know, we got like a singer, a mixer, a producer, a person who makes clothes, like rapping, you know? But, like, that kind of, like, helps It helps me keep going, you know? Because it's, like, it, if I'm not doing something, I know that they're doing something, and I can contribute to it in some shape or way, you know? Like, I mean, like, I can hold a camera, or I can, like, edit a little something, or, you know, do that little clip you saw. Um, and, like, it also helps me keep going, too, because it's, like, you know, like, I kind of feel like sometimes, well, not all the time, but, you know, like, you'll hit, like, a moment in time where you hit the, like, the, the fatigue where you're, like, I can't keep going. But then you see, like, four or five other people that are your real good friends who are, like, pushing really hard. So you're like, well, I can keep pushing hard, too. I just have to figure out what's going to work, you know? So sometimes, you know, you got to jump over something, move around something, or, like, figure out what's going to make you, like, fall in love with this stuff again. But you have to keep working until you can figure it out. Because to me, it's a 100 times more scary if I just, like, sat here and was like, all right, well, I'm just going to live a normal mundane life now and, like, sit here and do nothing and go to work every day, you know? Sounds fucking terrifying. Exactly. It sounds, sounds so horrible. scary. Yeah. Sounds so horrible. Yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah. yeah, you're like the same way. I mean, like, it's I feel really, like you don't stop anymore, really. Nah, not, not, definitely not as much. I feel like if I stop, it's really just for a, for a second so yeah. that I could, like, catch my breath. But like you said, it's always the people around you that keep me pushing, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like that's why it's, I mean, like, other people aren't here today. Shout out to Kolo, Koli, and Persia. But that's, like, our other little, little squad. Uh, but we, um... I don't know, like, it's, like, a tiny little group of us, and not all of us are working all the time, but one of us is working, where it's, like, okay, like... Shout out to Miggy, because... He's or Miggy, too, Miggy and Griff, too. I, I mean, I got, I got, yeah, I got some tight close to Miggy, for real, for real. But it's, like, it's really just being in... Even going to the show tonight, or going to any of the shows, you know what I'm saying? Whenever I see somebody on stage, it really makes me, like, I'm, like... I'm listening and watching what they're doing, and I'm, like... Yeah, and you it's know, also it's, like it's, our peers, too, yeah. where it feels a lot more tangible, you know what I mean? Like, as cool as, I'm not saying, like, he's not cool, shout out to Ozer, like, we love Ozer to death, Ozer's definitely a superstar out of here, but, like, because he's a superstar to everyone else, we look at him like a friend, I feel like, like, I'm never, like, jealous, or, yeah, or definitely not jealous. or definitely anything never of, like, what Ozer's doing, because what Ozer's doing is so tangible. Know what I mean? I mean, it's just inspiring. So, yeah, it's exactly. Like, I see, it's super inspiring. I see he could do it, and it's like you know, he's an amazing person. But it's like you yeah. know, not oh, like dude, whether or not he fucks with me. It's like, what's the difference? Like his determination and his drive, if that's really what's setting us yeah. apart. But it's like you know, to try and match that energy. Everything yeah. I hear about him, I, from what people tell me, he's an amazing person. Like he's a he's genuine, one of most humble dude. Genuine dude. Yeah. He's yeah. brought me up on stage just to like get hype for a song. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like it goes a long way when people like you know you meet them once or twice and you they you know do nothing but show love. All yeah. that they just sticks with them. You know what I'm saying? It sticks with you. You know that's kind of like how it is like out here right now Stunning. too. Though yeah, like Jordan does it. Like uh, Jake does it. Ozer yeah. or Afterthought does it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giving giving government names. Not the government. Um, yeah, so, like, I don't know, like, I feel like right now, like, the Bay is, like, having, like, a, I said it to, like, everyone, I'm being annoying about it, but I feel like we're having, like, an Atlanta run back in, like, 2012, I don't know if you remember, like, hip-hop back then, but, like, you know, that was, like, when Young Thug, Rich Homie Kwan, Young Scooter, like, all these people were, like, coming together and, like, making dope-ass music, and I feel like that's what's happening in the Bay, and it's only because people are, like, showing love, it's, like, you have to, like, realize, like, even if you're the superstar, like, you need people for stuff. And I don't mean that to sound like you need to use people, but, like, 
you know, yeah, yeah. There's like, you know, like maybe you're not the best singer. So you have a cool singer that you're friends with. You know, I'm not the best at making clothes. So I'll find another dude who makes clothes and be like, what did you do to do this? And then you get point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're on it, too. Like as far as um, San Francisco, but even the Bay Area in general, just like the music scene here is like on fire. Mm -hmm. We have some bona fide like like top artists that are yeah, here yeah. doing it right now in like another and year we'll have like superstars yeah vallejo like you have uh the the guys over there that are that are holding it down that are that are fucking big now yeah you have russell shout out to russell, russell Toe. good company out there good company yeah shout out to poozy shout out to all of them you have people in oakland you have uh he has stunman o2 here Stun you, you yeah 24 still winning 24 uh, what's his name? 24K. 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 Oh, yeah. 24K gold. Yeah, yeah. shout out to 24. Yeah, 24 of course. K gold. Like, yeah, I mean, he's, he's huge. Right? No, yeah, he's, I mean, he's definitely the biggest star out the bay, but I feel like, you know, that's all going to keep changing. Like, Larry's coming up. He's going to be a huge. Shout out to, uh, to Larry Sagey and Sagey. Yeah, yeah. there's like, a lot of people putting in a lot of work. I feel like there's a lot of people, like, in all, like, from the highest, like, biggest superstar in the world to, like, you know, like, local, just go to L.A. every once in a while, like, that are putting in so much work and no one, I mean, not everyone, but most people like just want to be like, I'm just here to show love and like make sure that like the Bay gets the shine. That, that's what I see from the community out here is that people do come together because the Bay Area is different from a lot of other places that a lot of people got displaced here. So what yeah, we, yeah. people do have here, they're holding on to it and they're trying to make, they're still trying to create that community around it. Mm-hmm. And so it brought a lot of people together, whereas other places probably wouldn't get that same because they have to battle with the competition in order to be relevant yeah. here. Everyone that I've, that I come in contact with is trying to, you know, bring up everyone else, you know, yeah, trying to yeah. elevate everyone else because when they get elevated, everyone else does too. Yeah. And so it brings a, a sense of a pride to be from here to say, I'm from San Francisco. I'm from the city. Yeah, I'm from yeah. the Bay. I'm here putting out music. We have a, you know, a group, a family group together here. We have sauce fam click. We're doing things in a way where we could show we could all be successful. Yeah, yeah. And in our own levels. And yeah, we could put our on own lane event. too, yeah. you know, like I feel like everyone not everyone, but like people outside of the Bay, like I'm sure like where you're from too. Like I'm from SoCal. It was very like competitive. Like if you weren't like showing and proving like what you had to like show off, like from the start, they'd be like, Okay, we don't fuck with this, bye, peace out. And then everyone would fight with each other. But, like, here, it's like, we're all super talented, so why not? I think SoCal just like that. I don't know. I'm just biased. No, I, no, I, I agree just, with I you. Don't. I don't, I'm super NorCal supremacy over SoCal. I'm from SoCal, but it's the Bay Area, Bay Area I, all day. I, I don't know. SoCal just, they just do things different down there. And it's like, oh, yeah, they'll be beefing with people on the same street. And I'm just like, I don't understand it. But, I, I mean, I, I don't need to understand. I is their thing that they're going through and it's just a different type of vibe uh, i've been to la many times and i just don't like um the vibe that i get out there just a lot of fake um one-upping you know Definitely friends a lot of flexing family. on each other yeah and lots just, of clubs that you have to have like 10k plus followers to get in yeah it just it doesn't seem real it doesn't seem like type of environment that i want to be in no, that's yeah. not to exclude like or include i mean 
a lot of people that are from there that are great people. Yeah, there's a lot of cool people, but there's a lot of shitheads there too. And I think it's a lot of people that move there with the idea of trying to be someone. I was gonna say, yeah, you know, try to make a name for themselves. I feel like LA locals are usually like the really cool ones, the nice ones that you should fuck with. Yeah. And then there's somebody who's like, I'm from Tennessee and I'm gonna be the next superstar. And it's like, shut the fuck up, go back to Tennessee. (laughs) Don't want to. Yeah, that's Tennessee. Yeah, do it in Tennessee. Be the next fucking Elvis Presley or whoever the fuck is from Tennessee. Yeah, there's there's like some. Some crazy ass shit out there that 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 goes through, but I do love the Bay. I love the city, and I, you know I fuck with as many people as I can out here to try to you know just build a community upon it. And I see what you're doing with Rebel Status. I see what you're doing with your music and your designing and putting on you know here for the Bay and putting on for yourself. And so that's one thing that you know excites me, and I, I appreciate you know you coming on the podcast today, you know, telling your story. I mean, likewise, bro. Appreciate you uh, doing what you do for the Bay too, because you play a part too. I, I try. I try to do what I can. Um, we're going to wrap up this podcast now. I appreciate everyone listening. Thank you. Uh, we got to get them going. They got a show to catch. Um, it's going to be a good one at Whitechapel today. So catch all the chapel. Group. Thank you very much for sliding through. Thank gonna you. going to be sliding down Mission Road soon. Yee! Thank you. <laughs>